the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Living the Christian Life. That is the title of our series, and we're learning how to do just that. And that's all next on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Join us. Pastor Phil Howard welcomes you to Truth For Today as we continue our series, Living the Christian Life. How do we live this Christian life? Well, that is the question we're answering. And today we're continuing our look at a message simply entitled by Pastor Phil, The Christian Life Begins with Divine Acceptance. That's right, divine acceptance. Not ours, but His. Let's explore that statement a bit further, shall we? With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil. But to the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked. She's saying something there. God can justify you while your character is left unchanged. Now, now he's not going to leave your character that way. He's going to change it. But it doesn't have to be changed for him to justify you. How much change did the thief on the cross go through? Didn't have a chance to do too many changes. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Hey, God, you can't do that. He never even gave an offering. Don't have to. Don't have to. Just with God, just by simple faith of acknowledging Christ. And you know what God did? Let's say that day you got saved. I mean, you came into wherever the place was. Let's take you as an adult thoroughbred sinner. Let's take Edwin. He's our token mean sinner in this church. Every time we want to get the worst, pray for Tilly. Uh, I mean, a boy that had no church background, gangs, drugs, women, he did it all. And he comes to an Easter service, and all the boy did was believe. He hadn't hadn't cleaned up anything yet. And the moment he believed, God said, you're as righteous as you'll ever be in my sight, and today I gave you the keys to heaven. Welcome home anytime. And all he did was believe. Hadn't done any good works. Hadn't changed anything. Uh, He's still in the service. Got saved in an Easter service. This is where the Christian life begins. The basis of my acceptance before God, we don't pray to get acceptance. We don't give money for acceptance. We don't, we start from being accepted. You know what? This is supposed to be an evangelistic sermon, but see, see, it's evangelistic to Christians that are beat up, who stay always condemned, full of guilt, guilt, shame, failure. You know what you need to do? Someday just say, God, you knew what you were getting. I did blow it today, but the righteousness of God is still mine. You gave it to me. Amen. And the devil can't take it away. 
And I'm saved even if I am miserable. Bless your holy name. Huh? And it's intact. It's intact. Notice uh, this imputation stuff here. In this chapter, he starts saying, look at uh, verse 5. However, to the man who does not work but trusts God who justifies the wicked, his faith is, NIV puts credited. What does yours say? Credited? Anybody got a new American? Credited? It's our word imputation. And it's really a ledger term to put to someone's account. To put it to their account. And there's three great imputations in the Bible. The sin of Adam was imputed to the whole race. And I was just talking to a sister here the other night. She said, I don't think that's fair. I said, oh, you, you better accept that. You got to accept. See, that, that's just not fair that he did it and I get credit for it. I said, if you don't accept that, you don't accept the rest of Romans 5. That says, since this is true, what another man did is credited to you. Christ. I became guilty through the sin of one man. I become declared righteous through the deed of one man, the God-man. Those are the two great imputations. Sin imputed to the race. Our sins imputed to Christ. And when you believe The third imputation. He imputes his righteousness. He puts it on your ledger so that when God checks your ledger, he says, why, there's as much righteousness here as my own son. Matter of fact, I recognize it. It's my son's righteousness put to his account. Is it overwhelming? Well, look, just just look at 2 Corinthians. Look at just to see that. 2 Corinthians 5 is exactly what he says. Verse 21, God, and it's God the Father, God the Father made him, God the Son, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. I could call you a righteous man tonight. And you could have just had a spat with your wife. Your behavior didn't look real hot, but it doesn't matter. I'm a saint all the time, not some of the time. But I don't always live saintly. Because I've got this righteousness put to my account. Um, Abraham believes God. He's declared righteous. David is the one in reverse David said, blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Now, there you go, God. How can you do that? Did did you see the verse? Read the verse with me. Blessed is the man. Wait, I don't hear you. Read with me. Go. Verse 8. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Let's read it again. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Is that in the Bible? Who is that man? It's every believer. Every believer. And David celebrated about the guy who said, 
Boy, when you're a child of God, God won't even charge sin to you now. Well, what about Bathsheba? So what? He didn't charge him with that. He spanked him, but he didn't charge it. He charged it to Christ. Christ picked up uh, the adultery of David at the cross. And he told the Father, all right, we've waited long enough. It's been nearly 700 years. I'm now going to go to the cross, and I'm going to pay for what David did with Bathsheba. And I'm going to pay for what he did to Uriah. We're going to pay for it once and for all. Nail him to the cross. When was it paid? At the cross. You either pay it or Christ paid it. And David was already getting happy about it in the Old Testament. And it hadn't happened. There is a man that God will not charge sin. Let me tell you the two great things that happened to you in salvation. We mention a lot forgiveness. But we fail to mention righteousness. Forgiveness is the negative. Getting rid of what I've done wrong. That's the forgiveness of justification. But the positive side is to be given a righteous standing, a positive, a plus standing in righteousness in which God sees you clothed in the righteousness of his Son so that 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Christ has become righteousness to us. Christ has become sanctification to us. And we say, amen. He is my righteousness. He is my acceptance before God. That's why ungodly, forgiven sinners were bold to approach the throne of grace because we believe the gospel. You said, I'm in a positive status with you. Now, are you on a positive footing with God? You are if you understand and believe this great doctrine of justification through nothing more than believing. Because you see, when you believe, it's the object that's done all the work. All you've done is believe it. Faith is the instrument. It's not even meritorious in itself, but it appropriates what Christ has done for us. Well, let's wrap up some things here. Uh, There is no such thing as merit. All who are justified are justified by grace. And this is credited to no one but to the grace of God. For Christ alone, it is proper to help and save others with his merits. Look at uh, Luke 18 to see a beautiful story. Then I'll read you a little um, thing that Luther wrote to a friend. Uh, Luke 18. Look uh, at verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) He didn't have God in the mix. He was so caught up with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Think of sitting next to him in church. I mean, this guy's a reprobate I'm with, and we're singing the doxology together. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So obviously the guy wasn't a tither. He knew that about him, I guess. But the tax collector stood at a distance Get it? 
I mean, he's at the back of the place, at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, he, a Greek would go this way, God, be propitious, be satisfied with me, a sinner. That's all he did. He didn't give an offering. He just prayed for mercy. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, it would be a beautiful thing to see some Sunday morning, to see some of you beating your breasts and saying, God, be merciful to me. Now, if you believe the gospel, you know what God would say to you? I have. I have. I have. I've already been propitiated with regards to you. Well, Lord, why am I in this condition? I didn't know that. I know it. That's why I gave you my word. That's why I gave Bible teachers. You could still live in the bondage of not thinking the debt's been paid until you've been notified. I've been merciful. And, uh, but I think on Sunday morning, church, it would be something. I, my heart would burst if I saw 10 of the meanest people in town after they heard the gospel message, all of a sudden start beating their breast and saying, I'm unfit to know this God. And I want to run to him and say, you've absolutely, you're right, you got it. You're not fit. Is there any more? Well, this request for mercy will never be turned down. If you want mercy with him, you can get it. This is our gospel. Those who want mercy, the place to go is God. You remember when David, when God said, I'm going to discipline you for numbering the children of Israel, and I give you three choices of how I'm going to discipline you? And he finally says, oh, Lord, you go ahead and do it any way you want. Just don't let me fall in the hands of men, for with you there's mercy. Listen to this. Then we're going to take question and answers if you've got any, and I hope you do. Uh, Luther's letter to George Splatton, a co-worker with him in the Reformation. Uh, Splatton had given some advice which he later came to regard as sinful, full of grief and regret, couldn't be consoled. Luther learned of his condition. And this is what Luther wrote to his friend. My faithful request and admonition is that you join our company and associate with us who are real, great, and hard-boiled sinners. You must by no means make Christ to seem paltry and trifling to us, as though he could be our helper only when we want to be rid from imaginary, nominal, and childish sins. No, no, that would not be good for us. He would rather be a Savior and Redeemer from real, great, grievous, and damnable transgressions and iniquities, yea, from the very greatest and those shocking sins, to be brief from all sins added together in a grand total. 
Dr. Stoppitz comforted me on a certain occasion when I was in the same hospital and suffering the same affliction as you by addressing me thus, Aha! You want to be a painted sinner and accordingly expect to have in Christ a painted Savior? You will have to get used to the belief that Christ is a real Savior and you are a real sinner For God is neither jesting nor dealing in imaginary affairs, but he is greatly and most assuredly in earnest when he sent his son into the world and sacrificing for our sakes. A real Savior died for real sinners. Quit going on like he can't handle your problem. Bring your biggest stuff to him and you'll find the atonement's greater than anything you've ever done wrong. Some of you women, you've aborted children. Can Calvary cover it? You better believe it. Some of you have sold your body as prostitutes. Some of you have been to every kind of sexual behavior there is under the sun. Some of you hated your mother for most of your life. Some of you have killed people maybe. We've had them in this church. Jesus is saying, bring me all of it. Bring it to me. I don't say painted, mamby-pamby sinners. I save the hard-boiled kind. And that's when the men said one time, love God with all your heart and sin boldly. Quit tripping around here like any moment. You're going to undo what he did for you. Now, if you don't know that your acceptance before God is you have nothing to do with, You didn't merit it. You don't deserve it. It's all of grace. It was given freely. And it is the righteous merits of another, an alien righteousness to yourself. God transferred to you in a moment, the moment you believed. And it is irrevocable. You're more righteous than you want to be some days. Say, I'm stuck in the righteous Christ. I've got to learn how to start acting like him. And he says, absolutely. This is the beginning point of all Christian living. Because when, you know, uh, let me just give one example, then I'll stop there. It's, um, I have beat myself to death sometimes just over my prayer life. Uh, When I started out as a a young boy, um, I prayed so much, I'm amazed at it. And and I never could pray without uh, weeping, lots of emotion, uh, and, I mean, it was just like heaven came down. Every time I get on my knees, it just seemed like the windows of heaven just flooded my soul. And then as I grew as a Christian, I got to periods of having dry spells in prayer. Do you know what I mean? When you felt nothing. When you thought, where is it? Lord, I have no moisture. You know, because I, I felt like I had to cry to pray. I used to always pray for a broken spirit, contrite. Because I just, I love to uh, see people get so moved that, uh, and believe me, he's answered my prayer. I, I always bring a handkerchief. Uh, but, you know, I'd have those spells where I didn't pray a lot, or it was just like eating beef jerky. I, where are you, God? And the Christian life's not abounding. And you know what? And I used to fast. I used to fast every Thursday. And I cannot tell you how many days I blew the fast because I got hungry. I wasn't real good at fasting. <laughs> Try it. 
And, but what was bad about it, I'd break down and buy a hot dog at Richmond High. What a meal to go to from a fast. And I'd stay guilty the rest of the day. I, I did fast. I broke it. And I was fasting to get power, and all I was experiencing was weakness. I wanted a milkshake. And I just whipped myself, and I'd say, well, I didn't pray enough, and I don't love souls enough, and I don't do the, and, and I'm strong in those areas. I mean, I don't need you to judge me. I, I'm hard enough on myself. Do you know what has been my deliverer? This truth. You didn't save me because I pray well. I wouldn't even pray when you saved me. I wouldn't fast when you saved me. You didn't save me because I preach. I wasn't preaching. I cuss. One thing that's permanent, no matter what's going on in my life, my standing before God. I'm righteous before God on my worst day. And it's nothing less than the absolute righteousness of Christ. And let me tell you something about the righteousness of Christ. He gave me credit for two things. Theologians talk about the active obedience and the passive obedience of the Son. The active obedience is he fulfilled everything the law required. That's his active obedience. His passive obedience is he died under the penalty of the law for sin. So he did that. When you are justified by faith, he gives you credit for having kept all the law. And he gives you credit for having paid for the full penalty of the law. So you get credit on both sides. I've kept all the law in Christ, and I've paid for everything I broke in Christ. So you can't get me on either side. In God's sight, I've done it, and where I didn't do it, I've paid for it. Because I died with Christ. I was crucified with Christ. Do you get it? Do you get it? This is where I started with Susie's eight brothers and sisters, a bunch of Portuguese Catholics that went wild after their dad died. Because when they went to the Catholic church in Pinole, they said, we don't know where your dad is. And they wanted to know where their dad went. And he, the priest said, I can't tell you where he went. I don't know. So they went wild. Then this church started in the dance hall. David was there. And I was there. We taught these truths. And it started a Reformation revival in our midst. I want another Reformation revival. You know what? I just thought, I can't tell you how thrilled it is to see you tonight. We've been discussing give up Sunday night service. And I said, you know what, Lord? I'll give it up if you, I'm going to let you close Sunday night. Amen. Because if I don't preach here, I'm going to preach somewhere. Because I've only got a few years left. And these truths to me, are as on fire as when I met him and learned them. Because I've seen shackles fall off of poor Christians. I have a burden for Christians. Christians are so messed up, so guilt-ridden. And I think, do they understand the gospel? Because church is pretty soon budgets, motions, got to do this, got to do that. Let me tell you this. I'm out of church work if I don't get to teach this stuff. This is the Word of God. 
This is what saves. Don't be coming around here telling us all the reeky dink stuff you don't like. I want to say, do you know the gospel? And are you sharing it? Do you believe it? Do you revel in the righteousness of Christ? Tell me about Christ. Christ. These churches are going to blow away and burn up. But these truths are not. Heaven and earth is going to pass. And you're going to be there right around the throne. And we won't be having a back seat. All the righteous get a front row seat. I'll be right next to Paul. Because i got the same righteousness he's got. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.